Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Despite the fact that we've got an ongoing baseball season and basketball and hockey coming to the end of their regular season, the NFL still garners most of the attention. I just had the draft last week and the Aaron Rodgers saga continues. Here to give us some insight on all of it. Uh, one of the best reporters there is in the game coming uh, to the NFL. Uh, our buddy Hub Arkish uh, joins us here on CBS Sports Radio. How are you, Hub? I'm good, Jody. How you doing? Good. Um, Let's start with the old school before we get to the new school, because I surely want to ask you about your Bears. I know you're a Chicago-based guy. You know, uh, I think you know how big a Justin Fields fan I am, so uh, they may have actually found their quarterback first time in 50-some-odd years. Uh, but first things first, Aaron Rodgers. Uh, it has been the talk of all football fans over the last week and change. Story breaks just before the draft. He's no longer happy in Green Bay, wants to be elsewhere. Uh, then you get reports on who's interested, who called, what the Packers have said. Uh, Rogers speaking on the, at the Kentucky Derby to Mike Tirico off camera. He's sorry that it came out. How did this thing get this ugly? Well, you know, you knew it was coming. Uh, the, the minute that Jordan Love was drafted, you got to go back to last year. You know, it immediately became obvious that he was not happy. Basically, at the end of the day, he's just not happy that they traded up and drafted him. And so, you know, the rest of it, you know, I hear people saying, oh, it's about money, they'll solve that. They've already tried to make him the highest paid player in the NFL. So, so it's not about money. The money is on the table. You know, if it's not enough money, that's something that, uh, that can always be worked out. Um, and, you know, anybody who believes that he's sorry that this came out, it came from him. I mean, it was obviously <laughs> leaked. You know, he has continued uh, to, to drop leaks every once in a while to make sure it keeps getting spun in the right direction. And Aaron Rodgers is one of the greatest football players of all time off the field. He's not a good guy. Let me just leave it at that. I don't want to get into measuring, you know, what's wrong with him and how bad he is. But if you study him a little bit and you know a little bit about other relationships, his family life, uh, some former teammates, depending on who they are, he's got a thing for Brian Gutekunst. I don't know why. I, you know, I don't know what kind of guy Brian Gutekunst is. But at the end of the day, I don't care if you're a Hall of Fame player or not, he's the quarterback. His job is to run the team on the field. Gutekunst is the GM. His job is to run the team off the field, and Aaron Rodgers doesn't have veto power. And if I sound like I have, like I've chosen a side in this, Jody, I hadn't until I heard that he's been calling him Jerry Krause because somebody's got to explain to Aaron Rodgers he is still light years from putting himself in the same category with Michael Jordan. 
like five rings short, like, I don't know, a bushel full of MVPs short. So it's just, it's all about ego and arrogance. And, and I think that if the Packers hold their ground, you know, if they say, okay, we'll play here or retire, then you'll see him under center on opening day. And it is one of those topics where you're almost forced to choose a side. I'm a guy who tries to find a place somewhere in the middle, and I think I found one here. But uh, where I have to come down on the pro-Packer side is, why did this come to light right before the draft? If Aaron was that PO'd, annoyed, put off by the whole uh, selection of his potential replacement way back last year, okay, fine, you can get annoyed, you can cop an attitude, you can be a little bit of a diva, but if you're going to push it to the level of, I need out, why didn't he give the Packers a chance to actually pull that off? Why don't you say that as soon as the season ends in February and say, listen, guys, I went out, I played like an MVP, but I'm being truthful here. I want no part of being a Packer anymore. Let's start to work toward that happening. Why didn't he give them an honest chance to do it rather than waiting till well into the season uh, and up right, bumping right up against the draft before he takes this harsh stance? Well, you know, Joni, we know that there have been conversations that have been ongoing, apparently three different trips out to the West Coast, first Mark Murphy, then Gutekunst, then Matt LaFleur. They each went individually. They tried to talk some sense into them. And it sounds like each of those visits got a little bit worse because, in fairness to Rodgers, he, he, started, he tried to start this ball rolling within an hour of the final gun of the NFC title game. You, you remember, you know, okay. in that press conference, uh, his future is a beautiful mystery. It wasn't until he called it a beautiful mystery. <laughs> Everybody thought they knew what his future was. So immediately people are saying, well, what's he talking about? And then we started to hear drips and drabs about how he is unhappy and how unhappy he might be. Now, this idea that he won't go back, that you're right. That's new. That's something that he made sure was out there in the last week or two. And I think what he tried to do was to force the Packers' hand because they had a chance to get you know, three first-round picks and a couple of starters if they had made a deal before or in that draft. Now, it's a whole different story. You know, now you're talking about future draft picks. You don't know, depending on what team it is, where those picks might be. Uh, You don't know what other players are going to be involved. So uh, he had, he thought, more leverage right before the draft. Uh, I don't know what he was thinking because, you know, to me this is the Russell Wilson story all over again. It's not happening. You know, the only thing that makes the Packers a contender is Aaron Rodgers. The only thing that makes the the Seattle Seahawks a contender is Russell Wilson. You don't deal guys like that. And and, and so that's kind of how they've ended up in in this uh, standoff. It's funny that you went there, so I'll go there too, because I had a caller last night suggested to me, what about an Aaron Rodgers for Russell Wilson trade? If they're both unhappy where they're at, Russell Wilson actually has Wisconsin ties. Having played there before, I, I don't know how Pete Carroll and uh, Aaron Rodgers would get along, but if he's uh, just uh, motivated to be out of Green Bay, landing with a team like Seattle, not too bad a place to land. I know that's unheard of that you trade that level superstar for that level superstar. Any shot? Well, it makes too much sense, number one. <laughs> uh, but beyond that, I know of a handful of teams that as much as they'd love to have Aaron Rodgers as their quarterback, want no part of him because of everything that comes with it. And, you know, you, you, you are talking about two different situations here. 
there's a lot of people who believe that it was Aaron Rodgers who ended Mike McCarthy's career in Green Bay for no good reason. Uh, you know, now he claims to love Lafleur, but he's going after the GM. Pete Carroll is 70 years old. He's been doing this a long time. Uh, you know, Russell Wilson, it wasn't him. It was his agent leaked the story about four teams. Russell Wilson at no time ever said, I want out of Seattle. Right. And, and so I think the perception is that you still have a lot higher character guy, a, a lot more trustworthy guy in Wilson than what you necessarily would be getting with Rodgers. Is Rodgers a better player? Probably, you know, although I'm not saying Wilson isn't great. I, I think there's a good chance they both end up in the hall. They both have one ring. Um, but but I, I know there's a number of teams that, as great as he is on the field, just don't want any of Rodgers, uh, uh, you know, the stuff that comes with it. Our buddy Hub Arkish, uh, editor of Pro Football Weekly, sideline for Westwood One, insider for our sister station in Chicago, The Score, here with us on CBS Sports Radio. Uh, everybody's had an opinion on this. You've given us some of yours. I've been given mine. i got to ask you about one guy whose opinion I just don't understand, and that's Terry Bradshaw, who is uh, a Hall of Fame quarterback, big-time commentator on Fox on their pregame stuff. Uh, early in the week, he called Aaron Rodgers weak, for taking the stance that he did and then uh, actually started to critique his play and said he might have the worst footwork of any quarterback in the National Football League. Well, I don't care what his footwork looks like when he's making plays and winning MVPs. He can have the poorest football footwork on uh, Dancing with Stars. Who cares? He's Aaron Rodgers. Why do you think Bradshaw decided to go on the attack against Rodgers? I'm with you, Jody. That's a mystery to me. Uh, I I enjoy... Terry Bradshaw as a uh, comedic relief, if you will. Um, I am not challenging, you know, his Hall of Fame credentials at all or his four rings. He obviously uh, was a great player at one time. But you, but you do get some of the guys, ex-players, uh, who end up in our business, and by the time it's 20, 30 years later, they're not putting in the time or putting the work. He started his criticism of, uh, of Rodgers by – you know, saying, well, if he was so unhappy, why did he sign the contract? And he does need a contract extension. The last contract he had was a few years ago. So, you know, Terry originally acted like it was about the money, which I really don't think it's ever been. Right. So I'm not sure he had all his facts in hand, to be honest with you. Um, and again, I, I, I'm a Bradshaw fan. I find him very entertaining. Um, but I think he's kind of at the stage of that career where he's probably not you know, focused on the facts quite as much as he needs to be in every situation. And I think he may have been shooting from the hip on this one. And now he's realized that maybe there's more to it than he realized. Because, I mean, calling him weak is, is dumb. I don't know what that's all about. Nor do I. We're talking to Habarkas here on CBS Sports Radio. All right. Uh, story that uh, certainly broke this week and could become a bigger issue down the road was the injury to Juwan James. Working out on his own, not in the team facility, uh, the team has put him on the football reserve, non-football reserve list. Whether they are actually going to attempt to not pay him or not is yet to be determined. The, the union has been fighting hard to get their players to not show up for non-mandatory workouts, for voluntary workouts, to do everything virtually. Uh, here's a guy who chose to do just that, got himself hurt, and may end up costing himself a lot of money. Um, do you, are you getting any inklings as to how the uh, team is going to handle it? Could this become a massive issue and an uh, infight between the union and uh, the, the league before the season ever gets underway? 
You know, Jody, it's a, it's a fascinating situation. You've got a brand new GM in George Payton, who happens to be a friend. Uh, George uh, got his start uh, here in Chicago with the Bears, and so I got to know him pretty well before he went to Miami and then Minnesota. Um, he's a great guy, and he's going to want to do the right thing, not only because he's a good guy, but because this is his first year in the job, and this is going to be kind of a test case. You know, you want your team to be a, a destination. You want people to want to come and play in Denver. And if they take advantage, it's not a loophole. It's the contract. It's right. pretty clear. They do not have to pay him if they don't want to. And we are talking about $10 million. You know, I mean, we're, we're not talking about a couple bucks here. Um, so I, they're in a very tough spot. And, and my suspicion is that they're going to try and work out a compromise of some kind. Um, uh, you know, at the point that he's had the surgery and now he's on the meds and starting to rehab with the Achilles. You know, maybe they take him off the non-football injury and move him to injured reserve and get him part of his salary. I, I got to believe there's going to be a settlement of some kind here because I know George, he's not just going to take a hard line. It's been tough. And, you know, you are going to absolutely alienate the union and the player reps, but this is their fault. This is something that they negotiated as part of the CBA, you know, and, and this is clearly what the contract says. So, you know, the ball is in the Broncos' hands. They, they can do whatever they want. Um, but I think they'll figure out that it's in their best interest to work out some kind of compromise. Man, that's what I was thinking. Compromise is the way to play this. All right. Uh, we haven't had you on since the draft. Uh, big selection by the Chicago Bears team you're closest to out there in Chicago, even though you cover the entire league. Uh, I was a big Justin Fields fan, have been for two years. Uh, I thought uh, the Jets should have taken him with the number two pick overall in the draft. He falls down to 10. The Bears aggressively move up to be able to select him. Had to pay a pretty big price to do so. Giants didn't do badly trading back, but they got a quarterback that I would assume Chicago might be more excited about since at least Jim McMahon, if not going further back than that. What has the buzz been in the Windy City since uh, that draft night? You know, it's, it's kind of crazy, Jody. It's almost like Bears fans have just reinvented history because – Literally two weeks ago, uh, and not all, obviously, I don't even know it was the majority, but a lot of the very loud voices, just they wanted Ryan Pace, the general manager of Matt Nagy, the coach, fired at all costs. And, and, and their biggest crime was the drafting, the trading up for one spot, trading up, uh, and then drafting Mitch Trubisky. There are other issues, but that was the focus, and, and it seemed like there was nothing that was going to make them happy. And then all of a sudden, they turned this thing around, now they've got Justin Fields, and they work out the trade in the second round to get Tevin Jenkins, who is the tackle that most folks were mocking to the Bears in the first round. And so suddenly Pace and Nagy are heroes, and, and, and Chicago is delighted. Uh, Ryan Pace is, is very even keel. You know, I think he feels good about it, but he's not going to overreact. Uh, Matt Nagy is trying to be careful, but you can just tell, looking him in the eye and hear him, that you know, he, he, he's really excited about this. And, and what I think is intriguing, is I, I'm with you. There, there, there was. Re- I wasn't sure if Justin Fields or Trey Lance was the second best quarterback prospect in the draft. Uh, Fields clearly the second most accomplished, uh, uh, the second safest pick after Trevor Lawrence. But Lance, with his freakish, you know, athletic ability, and, and you draft traits, and sometimes it works out, and sometimes it doesn't. Uh, it certainly did with Patrick Mahomes. Because um, that's what that was. Everybody knew he had, you know, incredible arm talent, but there were all kinds of other questions. The arm talent won out. And what was interesting is that, you know, Matt Nagy was part of that process. That was his last year in Kansas City. Um, 
when, and, and we do a lot of homework at Pro Football Weekly in terms of being able to talk to teams, and we knew before that draft in seven, uh, 17, found out afterwards, uh, we could only find, we, there was one team that we couldn't get to tip their hand, but the other 31 teams, there were only three that, that we had that, that, that we believe clearly had Mahomes rated ahead of both Deshaun Watson and Mitch Trubisky, and the Chiefs were one of them. Right. And so now you look at a situation where the Bears, I'm quite sure that Justin Fields was the second quarterback on their board after Trevor Lawrence. Um, so they're thrilled. You know, yes, you, you pay a steep price. But when you look at what the 49ers paid to go from 12 to 3 to get Trey Lance, and then you look at what the Bears had to pay to go from 20 to 11, it's night and day. You know, it's, it's a much better deal for probably a safer pick. And, and, you know, Jody, again, I'm, I'm with you. I have no idea, and, and I, I really think a lot of Joe Douglas. I think he'll do a good job in New York, given time to, re, to turn that thing around. And Sala is definitely a better option than, than Adam Gase was. But Zach Wilson is not the prospect that Sam Darnold was three years ago. He is, he is not, when you look at his college career, how he ends up the second overall pick in the draft is a mystery to me. He may turn out to be a great football player. Uh, I'm not saying it's a terrible pick. But, but why you would take him over Justin Fields and move Sam Darnold out of the way, it just doesn't make a lot of sense to me. And so here the Bears are sitting at 11, and now they've got Fields. And so, yeah, they're, they're pretty excited about it. As well they should be. All right, so how's it going to shake out there this year? Oh, by the way, uh, Coach Nagy has yet to have a losing season. He came in, had a good season at 12-4, and four, and has now put up two straight eight and eights. But as you correctly noted, Trubisky wasn't his guy that was done before he got there. Well, now he's got his guy in Justin Fields. But they did go out and get a veteran quarterback to be their starting quarterback to start the year. Has that changed? Will Fields be put on ice for a year? Is it going to be a competition? I know a lot of things can happen and change between now and the first week of the season, but I'm asking you to look in your crystal ball. When are we going to see Justin Fields under center for the Bears? Well, Johnny, what, what Matt has told us so far, Matt Nagy has said that, that there is a, there's a very clear blueprint that they're working out. There is a plan that they are going to stick to very closely. He said it's not lost on anybody that he was in Kansas City and the plan that they had for just uh, for Patrick Mahomes, uh, which is that uh, Patrick Mahomes didn't get on the field until you know week 17 when they rested everybody for the playoffs. And I think that in an ideal and by the way, uh, Patrick Mahomes had 29 college starts. Justin Fields has 22. Uh, so however accomplished they are, you know it is a very reasonable comparison. And I think that probably is what they'd like to see happen. Now, that said, uh, nobody in Chicago is exactly turning cartwheels over having Andy Dalton here. And so uh, the big difference right now is that the Bears' defense still has enough talent to play to its 2018 level when it was the best defense in the NFL. Losing Kyle Fuller hurt, uh, but, but they're pretty deep everywhere else, and they've got a nice group of cornerbacks to pick from for that spot. Last year, week five, uh, week you know, eleven, week twelve, they finally figured out the interior of the offensive line. They switched to an outside zone read running game, and people don't realize it, but over the last six weeks of the season, they were the second highest scoring team in the league behind the Packers, and they were running the football. And so now you plug in Dalton with his 142 starts. You get a defense if it plays to its 18 level. You've got a running game. David Montgomery was fourth in the NFL last year in total yards from scrimmage. So. They think they can compete, and if they can, 
they're going to try and do that with Andy Dalton and let Justin Fields watch and learn. But there's two things that could happen here. One is they don't compete. You know, you, you get to week eight, you're three and five or something like that. Well, then you might as well put the kid on the field. Or if Dalton gets hurt, which he did twice last year, now is Nick Foles still going to be here? Nick Foles, pre-June 1st, he, it cost them money against the cap to, to release or trade him. They can't do that. Post-June 1st, I think they could do it without being hurt, so we don't know if he's going to be here. But I think there's a good chance that both veterans will be here. We don't even know if they would go to Fields or go to Foles first if Dalton got hurt. So I believe the plan is to try and keep him on the sidelines at least for a good while to let him watch and learn. Um, but we've seen this movie before. Invariably, they do end up on the field, these first-round quarterbacks, by midseason, by week 10, week 12, one to two will finally get on the field last year. So I think you'll see them, but I think it's going to be later in the year. All right, Hub, last thing. Where will you be Wednesday when the NFL reveals their big reveal, the 2021 schedule? It used to be you just waited by the wire and uh, somebody sent it out from the league office. Now it's an entire day and a whole television product. Where will you be for the unveiling of the 2021 NFL schedule? You know, Jody, I, I got to check the honeydew list. I, I'm not really <laughs> sure. I, the NFL is better at this than anybody. Uh, you know, I mean, they, they can turn a meaningless phone call into a made-for-TV event. Um, I, it's intriguing, you, you know, and it does matter. But it's going to come out Wednesday, and then it isn't going to change, and, and nobody's going to play a game for four months. So nope. um, I, I don't have the excitement for it that some do. But I know everybody with their favorite team will be intrigued. I guess I'm curious. I'm more interested in my Westwood One schedule. Are they going to let us sideline guys back on the sidelines? And so uh, that I won't. We won't know for a little while longer while the uh, the owners and the players continue to work out their. I call it terms of engagement. You know, we don't know where we're at with COVID at this point, let alone where we're going to be by August and September. Um, but I think this all the scheduling stuff will get a lot more interesting once we know. You know, how many fans are going to be in the stands? How right. close to normal are we going to be? It is trending in the right direction. I think we can safely say that. But, yes, oh, yeah. there is a yeah. lot to be determined. Hub, great stuff. Always a pleasure. Oh, wait, i got one more question for you. You told yes, me sir. you were tied to the TV the other night uh, for the Rangers-Capitals game when they had a uh, little skirmish at the start of the game uh, because of what had transpired the previous meeting between the two. Wilson, the bully that he is, didn't get uh, enough punishment from the NHL. The owner of the Garden came out and just ripped the NHL a new one. So then they had to take it to the ice. I did not realize you had an up-close-and-personal tie to that uh, melee on the Garden Ice. Yeah, I, I mean, it's not extremely close, but it's a fun family thing for us. First, first of all, Joey, I, huge, I grew up in the old barn on uh, Madison Avenue in Chicago, huge Blackhawks fan, used to love the NHL. I don't know what Gary Bettman and these people were thinking by Wilson not getting, and they say one game. I think he should have been suspended for a month for what he right. did. Uh, you know, a couple nights earlier, but but you knew it was coming. And uh, fight number four, I believe it was, um, is actually kind of my nephew, by the way. Anthony Potato uh, is a defenseman on the Rangers, uh, married my niece, Casey, who was a high school All-American hockey player. They ended up at Boston University together. Uh, so we try and keep up with how Anthony is doing. And uh, I know I talked uh, to his father-in-law uh, after the game. He said he was, he was kind of not, he didn't say he was dreading it. He said he wasn't looking forward to it all day long because he knew he had to do it. Everybody knew what was going to happen. 
and, and it is part of the game, but it's not something you look forward to. And, uh, you know, I'm biased, but I gave him the fight on a split decision. And, uh, there you go. Uh, you know, unfortunately, <laughs> they didn't win the hockey game, which is more important. And uh, I was with you. I was rooting for the Rangers in every single fight uh, that happened that night because the way the NHL handled it was ridiculous. Hub, great stuff. You're never ridiculous when you come on. You were only insightful. Thank you much for sharing today. We'll talk to you again soon enough. Hub Arkish from uh, Pro Football uh, Weekly, the editor there, and also uh, Westwood One sideline reporter and our uh, buddy on the score in Chicago is their NFL insider. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.